Thank you, Pastor John. It's a great blessing to be with you this morning. Uh, I want to especially thank Pastor John and Mandri for the opportunity. Uh, Choose Life is my highlight of the year. And uh, so I'm so honored that they would have me back here with you. Um, I want to honor Prophet Ed. He's very, been very instrumental in my life. He's been a mentor. He's been a friend. He's really helped us through many things and also challenges that we went through. And then uh, my wife. Without my wife and children, I cannot do what I do. And so God's given me a wife that has been so supportive um, in ministry and in life. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, my wife is sending her greetings from Mossel Bay. And then uh, my eldest son is traveling with me. Um, and so he's here. He just loves children's church, especially where the Spirit of the Lord is. And so he's been uh, so impressed just by the ministry, um, the children's ministry here, that when he heard that I'm coming, he said, he is coming with me, no matter what. And uh, so, um, so thank you for those that are ministering to the children in such a beautiful way and touching them uh, where they are. I want you to get your Bibles ready. You're gonna move fast. Pray that the word will go forth. And uh, this morning is a moment of importation. I don't want you to look at me and say, well, can I just be where he is? No, I want, you to, I want to lead you to a place where you can hear God, where you can uh, receive visions this morning and also how to respond to them. Uh, there'll be visions this morning. God's going to release a vision upon you. You're gonna see a vision of your family, of your future, of your business, of your ministry in a couple of minutes. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. Father, I pray that as your word goes forth, that there would be no hindrance, no limitation. Father, I pray that every heart would be prepared right now, every ear open to hear the uncompromised word. In Jesus' name, amen. The book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 describes my function It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people. And I'm here this morning to equip you. I'm not here to produce prophets or to produce a fivefold office. I'm here to equip you so that you can leave here and you can apply. To me, it's very important that when we preach the word that we can apply it. I don't want to hear about things that sounds nice, but I cannot use it. And I want to give you something today that as you leave this room, you can apply it immediately in your life and it can start to work for you. Now, I have to mention, being a Christian gives you an unfair advantage. And, uh, and that's what, uh, why the gift is there. It's there to help us and to assist us. It's tools that God has given us. Now, everything in life flows from our connectedness with God. Everything. Ministry flows from our relationship with the Lord. Business flows from there. Uh, Your marriage flows from there. Relationships flows from there. And so if you have an area that's dry in your life, the root cause of that is you have been disconnected. And you must immediately try to come back and find a way what is causing this dryness and be reconnected to God in your life. So this morning as I speak about giftings, you have to understand the foundation of that is your relationship with God. We cannot be after giftings but don't want God. We cannot be after power or, um, but not want Him. And so the foundation is your walk and your relationship with the Lord. So I'm speaking from that point as a foundation. Get connected. If you're here in this room and your relationship with the Lord is not at the place where it needs to be, come back. 
and come back as quickly as possible. Don't waste time, don't wait, get back. Don't try to explain, and that's one of the things that I really loved about David. You know, David broke 12 of the 10 commandments when he was on earth, but he came back quickly. He didn't, you know, give someone else, you know, uh, uh, mention their name, he said, it was me, I made a mistake, but he came back quickly, and that's where you need to be, come back to God quickly, be restored and, and move on. So John chapter 15, verse five, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Not you can do some things. Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And that is that connectedness that I'm speaking of, that we have to be connected to God. We have to, to spend time with Him, fellowship with Him, walk with Him, and move with Him. We're coming into a place of fellowship. Now, Adam and Eve made a mistake in the garden, and that garden disconnected them. They didn't die, but spiritually they were disconnected. And so therefore today, the church is a result of Adam and Eve's disconnectedness. The church is becoming a place of fellowship. And so we are introducing you back into a place where you can get connected to God and fellowship with Him. And so the church is becoming a catalyst globally to bring people back into fellowship. If you come here today and you leave and you don't get connected, then we have failed. And so the purpose is to bring you back into fellowship. Get connected once again. Get part of it. And so therefore, we say it so many times, it's vital for every believer to be part of a spiritual family. We celebrate our natural family and we really go the extra length to be there on birthdays, but our spiritual family is just as important. And so be connected, get connected to your spiritual family. I want you to read with me and uh, I want you to uh, follow me in the scripture so you can see for yourself from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now God speaks to us through various ways. God speaks to us through the sermon this morning, this word. God speaks to you through the Bible. When you open up the Bible and you have devotion, you wait on God, God speaks to you through the word. God speaks to you through worship. He speaks to you through dreams, visions, people, children, creation, the Holy Spirit. God speaks to us through various ways. This morning, I specifically want to focus on visions and dreams. Now, visions, we call it an open vision. It means that you are driving in the car or walking down the road and you see a vision. You don't have to sleep or you don't have to have your eyes closed. It's an open vision that comes to you that you are seeing. Now, in the Old Testament, visions was one of the predominant ways how God spoke with his people. And uh, he used visions in Abraham's lives. In, you, you can go through the Old Testament through a vision, through a vision, through a vision. So it predominantly visions were used in the Old Testament. Now, our, our idea of those visions, when we think about it, you think that the burning bush experience must have been such a 3D, 4K quality <laughs> TV set that played off at that moment. But they had none of that during those times. They did not have sound like we have picture images, you know, the clarity that we have today. We think he must have seen some form of a 3D, you know, hologram. No, 
it came in a thought, it came in a vision, it came in a picture, but that was a way how God leaded them. In the same way, God speaks to us today and we miss what he's saying and what he wants to do. Now, God has various ways how he can communicate, but I want to get you to a place today where you can become sensitive to his voice, where you can be ready to respond in what he shows you. Now, if we don't respond to God's voice, to visions, nothing will change. You can sit in a place and God can speak to you and speak to you and speak to you, but without any response, there will be no momentum or no reaction. And so we have to do something. If we take God's name today in English, it's part of two words. One says go and the other part says do. And so there's some form of movement, some form of response. I have to do something with it. People are so obsessed, God is speaking to me. Great, what is he saying? What do you need to do? Whenever we receive a prophetic word, there's a part of instruction in that word of what we need to do, that we have a responsibility in that word. So 1 Samuel chapter three, verse one, he says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days the word of the Lord was rare, there were not many visions. And so even though they had limited visions, they still accomplished a lot. How much more can we do today where we have access, I call it an open heaven, where we literally stand under an open heaven and there's a consistent flow of God in our lives and of his communication. Now, I want to lead you in how to respond. And so Acts chapter two, verse 17, he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. So this is a very biblical explanation whether you are young or old. He says your young men will see visions. So if you see visions, you must be young. Your old men will dream dreams, and so if you dream, you are old. If you have dreams and visions, you're in a midlife crisis. Okay. So in Acts, he pours out his spirit, and that pouring out has not stopped. Up until today, God is still busy pouring out his spirit on all people. This morning, there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're still in that time where we call the dispensation of the Holy Spirit globally. Now, we are connected to 40 different nations in ministry, and uh, we're heading back to, the, to Asia next month, and then to the UAE, I can tell you God is moving right now on the earth in places that people would not expect him to be even. Visiting places. There's a move right now. God is geographically visiting people in this current age. Geographically. He's choosing the place. Geographically meeting us there. That's why we need to be connected. In Acts, he didn't say to them, go and wait at your house and I'll send you a WhatsApp when those Holy Spirit comes, or email, or a Zoom call. No, there was a place. He said, go and wait until. So there was a meeting place. And there will always be a meeting place. Even though God's pouring out His Spirit all over the earth, there will be a place, there will be awakening. You know, there's churches that has been praying for many years, waiting for God to come and receive a visitation. I want to say to you, South Africa, I wanna to say to you, choose life, get ready for your time of visitation. Amen. Visitation, when the Holy Spirit comes, 
and Jesus comes and manifests himself in our midst. So I wanna explain to you how to respond to a vision in your life. Now, we have access to visions. All of us in this room can see visions. Because of the Holy Spirit that is being poured out, we have access to that, a consistent flow. I try to explain to people today that the disciples would have given anything to live in these days that we are living. Because they lived in a time where there was limited visions. There was a limited, the, the presence of God came and left, the Spirit came and left. They had to be anointed and it, the anointing left them. But we're living in a time where we can be connected to God consistently. Where what He's starting to do here today will continue in your life during the next, next couple of days, in your workplace, wherever you go, the presence of God can go with you. Now I want you to, you're taking notes, I want you to write down the word see, and I want to explain just the word out of the dictionary. This is not a Hebrew word, this is just dictionary, okay? Sometimes we can learn something from the dictionary. And the dictionary, the word see, if you look it up, it also says witness. It says see and then witness. And to explain it to you, the word see is the picture of something that takes place and there's multiple people, multiple people involved in it. So there is, let's say, accident is taking place and on one part, after the accident, the first person represents themselves and says, this is what I've seen, this is what has happened, this is my version of the story. And then the second person comes and says, no, no, this is what I saw, no, no, he, he skipped the traffic lights, so no, it's, it's his fault. But then there's a witness, a third person. And if you study the word see, it shows witness, and the witness has panoramic view. The witness sees everything in perspective and can say, well, no, no, this is what really happened. This person only saw a part of it, and that person a part of it, but this is the full picture of what has happened. And so the word see, in the dictionary, says, it's a, it says vision. It also says a mental image of what the future will or could be like. That is the word to see, okay? Now, when God speaks to us and he shows us a vision, often we are overwhelmed by the size of the vision, the magnitude. And we don't know how to respond or we pull out of it and say, well, no, no, this is, this is not me, I can do it. I'm not that person, I don't have the capacity, I don't have the ability and we miss what God wants to do in our lives because of the size or the magnitude of the vision. Now, visions comes from God. We don't, as humans, we don't have the capacity to come up with these things. We don't have the cap capacity to generate visions. It comes from God. Dreams comes from God. I believe that the greatest inventors in our time has been inspired by God. God gave them a dream. God gave them a vision, a picture. Whether they are using it for his glory or not, he, it came, he is the source of visions and dreams. To such an extent where I want to say that in the Old Testament, there was not one dream that came from Satan. It came from God. God gave dreams. So if you're sitting here and you're saying, well, Andre, what if it's not from God? What, what if it's from the enemy? It's from God. God gives us dreams. God gives us visions. Yes, but, but what about nightmares? Nightmares, a nightmare is only a corrupted dream. It's something that God wanted to give that's so beautiful, but the enemy came and he corrupted it. And in that, 
I want to say to you that we have to be watchful at what we put in front of our eyes. If you want to go to the next level spiritually, immediately, just put off the television. Immediately. And it's because of all the junk that we look at. I have a tendency as we travel, I have a tendency to watch news. And I've realized that it's just so negative. You know, I've been watching it for two years and nothing has changed. It's still the same. And so it's a loop of information. So I've realized I can't, I can't, there's some, some things that I could not put in front of my eyes to protect my spirit. I want you to read with me in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. And I want to ask Megan to come and play for me, please. I want to teach you how to respond to a vision. God gives you a vision and you receive it and you don't know how to respond. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, 11, he says, the word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? Now remember, the word of the Lord was a vision. God spoke through visions. And so the word of the Lord came to me. And so I want you to get this image today that God comes and he gives you a vision. God is the source of visions. And he comes to you and he gives you a vision. And after he gave you the vision, God himself, not the enemy, God himself says, what did you see? So Jeremiah received the vision from God. And then he responded and he said, I've seen the branch of an almond tree. And then God said, yes, you have seen correctly. And now I will watch over my word. So God is giving you a vision and he's asking you, what did you see? And then when you, when you repeat it, then he says, yes, you've seen correctly, now give it back. And he says, and now I will watch over my word. And what God is saying, if you study the word, I will watch over my word. He says, I will watch over my word and if it doesn't exist, then I will create it. He's saying, yes, you've seen correctly, but I will stand over it. Often we get a vision and we think, now we need to pray and we need to get God into that vision. We, we need God to be part of that project. But in fact, God had a vision and he was looking for a witness in the earth that would come into agreement with him. So God is looking at Pretoria and he's showing multiple people what he wants to do in Pretoria. And most people receive the vision and say, well, it's too big, it's impossible, it cannot happen. But God keeps on giving visions until he can find someone that would say, this is what I've seen. And when they say it, then God says, now you are a witness to what I've revealed. And you are coming into agreement with him. And that's when the power is released, the supernatural is released. And now God says, and now I will watch over it. You see, money does not produce visions. Vision produces money. Resources doesn't fall on you and then suddenly you have to figure out what to do with it. No. Vision comes. And then 
resources follows the vision. But there's a place where vision has to be birthed. It has to happen. Now, as a testimony, <laughs> every house that I've built in my life up until now, I've built with vision and without money. When we just got married, I had to have this conversation with God. I said, Lord, I'm getting married. I need a place to live. And I said, Lord, I don't need a big place. Just the one bedroom place will be fine, will be okay for us to start with. Lord, I pray that you would provide, that you would help me to be able, when I get married, that we would have a place to live. And then the Lord showed me a vision of this huge house, four bedrooms, this massive dining area. And I said, God, come on, I'm just starting. That's where I want to end in my life one day. I just need something small right now. But I saw the vision. And I had to decide what will I respond to. Will I try to convince God to dream smaller? Or will I take a step of faith and say, I see what you see. And so I got up and I, I said, Lord, I see what you see. I see this vision. But I don't have the resources for that. And the Lord said, well, do what you can. And at that moment, I had enough money in my account to buy a thousand bricks. That was all the money I had. I had a friend. He had a truck. I bought a thousand bricks. I zeroed everything in my life to buy a thousand bricks. And I phoned him. I said, can you drop this thousand bricks in a specific location? He dropped it on that location. And six months later, from that moment, the house was completed without any debt. Six months later. Okay? And speaking to you about response, it came in a vision. Why, Lord, why don't you just give me the money? Money does not produce visions. I saw a picture. And I could have chosen and said, no, it's too big. No, no, I'm not ready for that. I can't do it. Choose someone else. I am comfortable with just the one bedroom. That's what I need right now. We newly wed. But that's the vision that I saw. And this is what I want to impart to you today, that when the vision comes, God needs a response from you. The challenge is, when the vision comes, is you think you have to pay for it. And that's when we back out. This is something that we had to go through in our own marriage because I would drive with my wife in the car and while we're driving, she would say to me, I just saw this vision of ours. And I would get upset and I would say to her, we just bought this house, we just paid it, we just moved in it, now you are already thinking about the next house. <laughs> the reason is I thought I had to pay for it. And I had to realize that there's some things that God wants to do and reveal in her life that I don't have the budget for. I have to realize that I have to allow her to dream without my limitations. And that's what I want to open this morning is that when the vision comes, God needs some response from you. He needs you to be a witness. He needs you to communicate and share with someone, this is what I've seen. When she saw that vision, she did not mean that she was unhappy with the place where we lived. God just revealed something to her. And that thing that he revealed to her was 10 years down the line 
And now we're living in that house. But God revealed it in a vision in that day. But we could have missed it if we didn't respond with what God showed us at that moment. There's things that God wants to do in South Africa. Negativity, people that complain are not going to birth visions. God needs someone in cities, on councils, in government that can see what He sees. Just a response. Now, the supernatural power is released when we respond. If we keep quiet and we stand back, nothing is going to happen. But when we respond with what we can, just with a step, you're going to see how God's going to bring the resources and how He's going to start to put things into place. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you're in this room and you are trusting God for visions in your life, I want you to quickly stand. I want to pray with you. I'm going to lead you into a moment of impartation. Not going to be long, but in that moment, I want you just to receive and be open to what God wants to reveal to you. Now, when we ask God, immediately there's a response. This morning, as I pray with you, I'm going to ask God to reveal your future, to reveal your children, your family, your business, your ministry, things that might be important to you at this moment. Are you saying, Lord, just show me, just show me. And what God will show you now might be the opposite of where you are. You don't have to try to convince God that it can happen. God is showing you what He wants to do. He's not forcing it on you. He's not saying, I will do it without you. No, He's showing you what can. A vision is a glimpse of what the future could be like. What can happen is what He reveals. But then God needs you to become a witness and say, I see what you see. I come into unity with that. Not with disagreement. Not with limitations. God, I see what you see. You might look at your business right now and think, well, it's over. There's no way. Don't know how we're going to do it. Let God reveal to you what He wants to do. It might be the opposite of where you are. You might look at your relationship, marriage right now, and all that you see is broken pieces. But God will show you a mended picture, something that's whole, that's complete. Come into agreement with Him this morning when He reveals that to you. Now, God does not live in our thoughts. And so as we wait for visions right now, don't try to get a picture and keep it there and focus on it. And then when, you, when, when your attention drifts, then it's gone. No, it's with you. And even in that moment of visions, if you ask God in a split second, He'll show you the next thing. Lord, show me my children. What's the future of this child? And God will show you. What is, where, where is uh, uh, my parents, Lord? And in that moment, He will show you show you these visions. And I want you just to hold on to it. There's so much in a picture that we can withdraw from one picture, so much in it. And so I want you just to try as you go to the different pictures, just to keep it in front of your eyes, in your mind for a couple of seconds before you, before you let go. I'll touch on it afterwards just to explain to you. Father, I pray right now for every person that's in this room. Father, thank you for a release of visions right now. I release visions on people's lives. Father, I pray as we're standing here that your Holy Spirit is moving through this place right now. Father, I pray for visions of business, visions of family, 
visions of South Africa, visions of Pretoria, visions of Gauteng, this province. Lord, show us what is your plan and what do you want to do. I pray, Lord, right now there be no hindrance, no delay, no distraction. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. God's releasing visions right now. I see it in the spirit. How is this moving? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. That's His plan. Don't be overwhelmed by it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want to ask you just by a raise of hands, if you are seeing visions right now, just raise your hand. Just up and down, up and down. Thank you, thank you. Just up and down. Just want to see. I'm going to keep you just for another minute here. Just stay on that vision. Ask the Lord, whatever your heart's desire is, whatever is a concern to you. You came this morning, you're looking for answers. Ask Him. Ask Him about that situation. Let Him show you. Immediately there's a vision. Immediately there's a picture. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. I want you to open up your eyes. I want to ask those people that have seen visions. Just briefly, I want to ask you, just the person next to you, behind you, in front of you, just tell them what you've seen. Just tell them. You can turn to them. Those listeners, I want to ask you not to counsel them. I just want you to listen. Let them share what they've seen. Just your husband, wife, someone behind you. Just tell. If you've seen a vision, just tell them what you've seen, what God has showed you. Just for a minute. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. It is so simple. It's so easy. And so what we've done this morning as a moment of impartation, it doesn't have to stop here. In your time of devotion, in your time of prayer, when you're waiting upon the Lord, ask Him, Lord, show me. Show me. Visions is for everyone. For everyone. And then respond to it. I want you to be wise and to have wisdom. When you're part of a local church, there's counsel. When you're part of a local church, there is there's pastoral care. And so if you see something that, that seems beyond, and beyond yourself and you want to start, you don't know how, go see someone. Get counsel. This is what God has shown me. And get, take a step in that direction. Even though it's a little step, but just get momentum in that. And then secondly, when vision starts to flow, it doesn't stop. It becomes stronger and stronger, the flow. It's a muscle. I want to encourage you, if you drive in the car, if you walk in a shopping center and you see a vision, to share it with someone. It doesn't have to be someone in your vicinity. Get a friend, get someone that's a good listener that you can phone and tell them, I've just seen this. God has just shown me this is going to happen. The reason is it's a response to the vision. And in the response, that's when power is released. And that's where God says, you've seen correctly. And now I will watch over my word. There's things that God wants to do in South Africa. Don't be distracted by the news. Don't be distracted by the negativity. Don't be distracted by what you see and hear in the world. A vision gives you the capability to look beyond those challenges and limitations and still see what God wants to do during this time. God's looking for one person in the family, one person 
that would just see what he sees and what his heart is for this community. I remember many years ago, went to Parliament in Cape Town to go and pray with a group of people. And in that moment when I walked into Parliament, I mean, we were ready and fired up to bind every demon, even those that are not created yet, we were ready for them. And as I walked into that place, ready to pray, to be a real warrior, the Lord said to me, Andre, don't you know that this nation has been dedicated to me? And I saw a vision. I saw a vision of a baby in church brought to the front and being dedicated to God. And God says that this, this nation has been marked, has been set apart, has been dedicated. Dedicated to me. Given to me. And so everyone is praying against every attack that's there, but no one is seeing what God sees. And I want to come into unity with that. Yes, I acknowledge there's challenges, but it's been dedicated to God. It's been set apart to Him. And what He started, He will finish. And so I hold on to that vision. I've shared with people that get upset when I tell them that God has a plan for this nation. It seems they want to curse the soil where their children have to grow up. And I'm thinking, can someone just see, just have a little hope over South Africa, over this nation? Can someone see what God sees over this place? We can focus on all the negativity or we can see what He sees. Amen.